How's right. it going today, Go guys? I'm back here. Oh, shit. oh my bad. Start from the top now. My bad. I, I was hearing myself and my other... I don't know. I'm just fucking... My bad. Oh, shit. All right. Let me know when to go. You're good. How's it going today, guys? I'm back here live in the studio once again for another episode of Hot Takes with CP3. Today is Tuesday, October 22nd. I am joined once again by none other than Brett Baker. Brett, say what's up to the people. What's up, what's up? I am Brett Baker, also known as the role player. You already know what's going to happen tonight. Uh, we're pretty hyped because we get the NBA back, but we're talking football today, so let's hit it, Thomas. Oh, yeah. No, we've, uh, no, trust me, and Brett's podcast is about to get ramped up even more now that we got the NBA in play, so it's an exciting time. You know, this has been me and Brett both started out together last year. It was during the NFL playoffs and during the NBA, so it's pretty much that time again, about a year to get working together. Mm-hmm. and plenty more here in the future um i haven't really shed much light on college football mostly because i've been waiting on some of the bigger matchups which we actually finally have one this weekend with ohio state and wisconsin but you know it's week nine now in college football it's getting kind of late i feel like it's time that we shed some light here on my college football top eight i'm gonna start out here with number eight number eight i'm gonna put notre dame in here and it was a struggle with me all day to put georgia or a notre dame in here at this spot and if Georgia's able to beat florida this weekend I don't have a problem putting Georgia a lot higher in these rankings, but I just don't like what I've seen out of Georgia. You know, losing that game to South Carolina, I mean, they did turn the ball over three times, which kind of makes it a little more lucky, but they got to take care of the ball better than it was raining last week. I just really haven't liked it all what I've seen out of this Georgia offense. I think having a bye week this week will do them some good, but, I, you know, I just don't re- I just don't really like what I've seen, Brett, so I can't put him in here in the top eight, but I'm going with Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's done a good job. They got a huge game this week against Michigan, which we'll find out a little bit more about them. But I think Brian Kelly's done a good job as he came with this team. I mean, they almost beat Georgia in that game. You know, it was a really, really close, you know, the game could have gone either way at the end of the day, you know, and you really hate to see that for Georgia that they weren't able to, I mean, for Notre Dame, they weren't able to pull that game out. But, you know, honestly, I don't think I could put Notre Dame any higher than number eight without really beating anybody legit. I do not think that Notre Dame belongs in the top eight. But I understand where you're coming from. I really do. I think that the teams that deserve it, Georgia and probably Auburn and maybe even Oregon, have either Oregon lost to Auburn, so that makes sense. Auburn lost to Florida, who's ranked only one spot ahead of Notre Dame in your ranking and the AP poll. And Georgia has just not looked good over the last two weeks, so I understand it. The formula is still the same for Georgia. Get to Atlanta and win, and you are in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. That stays the same. So I'm not worried about them not being in the top eight right now. I agree with it, but I do not think Notre Dame is going to stick around. Yeah, you know, I really struggled almost putting Oregon in there as well. I mean, shit, if if Auburn goes in there, you know, and gets a big win against one of these Alabamas, that is if two is back for Alabama, but against Georgia – or against um or against uh, LSU this week, you know Auburn wins one of those games. That loss looks even better there for Oregon on the road. And Oregon I mean, did not lose Auburn, that game in a horrible fashion. I mean, it was they barely. Yeah, I mean, squeaked through. Yeah, honestly, Oregon was a was a horribly coached drive. You know, honestly, away from completely winning this game outright. You know, Oregon really blew this game. They could never pull away. I mean, they had the ball first and goal in the third quarter down on the Auburn, like, five-yard line and fumbled it. I mean, they punched that one in the game. I mean, granted, that was sure, coming so. off a long punt return, too, though. 
They yeah, botched but, it, I though. Mean, Oregon, yeah, Oregon was definitely in that game to the last play. You know, if Auburn runs the table here and ends up finishing decently, I'd say Oregon's definitely not dead in the water. So I've got Oregon right there, you know, is having a good shot at getting in still. I just can't put them in. But that 9, 10, and 11 spot are in a prime position to jump the entire standings even if they win out. Not necessarily as much as Oregon, but for Georgia and Auburn, it's it stays the same if you win out then you're probably going to be put in the playoffs if you you'd have to think, right? Yeah, no. I think if Oregon wins out here and Auburn has a decent showing, I think there's a chance, but there would have to be no undefeated. There would have to be, you know, like uh, only three undefeated teams or something like Oregon's only going to do it if, if there's other one-loss teams. They won't jump an undefeated team as a one-loss. I agree with you. Um, let's go here to my number seven team. Number seven, I have the Florida Gators. Don't even really got to talk about this one. You know, yeah, I mean, I think Florida's a good team, actually. You know, I they got too. one of the best defenses in college football. They get tons of pressure on the quarterback. I actually think they upgraded massively with Kyle Trask in there. Dude. Over um, Felipe Franks. Felipe Franks. That's what I said, dude. We don't even have to talk about it. You know my feelings about Felipe Franks. I was sympathetic towards him breaking his leg off his leg, but fuck that guy. I Dude, they definitely upgraded. 100%. Oh, yeah, 150%. I think Trask is good. I think this Florida team is really good. They impressed me even though they lost to LSU. Ultimately, I mean, things between Georgia and Florida work themselves out in, in two weeks in Jacksonville on the uh, – you know, I, I, things will work their way out there, but for now I'm going to have to give Florida the bump over Georgia and right here my number seven spot. Now, all the teams I have left on here are all the undefeateds, obviously. So mm -hmm. at number six, I got the Oklahoma Sooners here. Look, Oklahoma might be better than some of these other teams, but Oklahoma just hasn't really played anybody. You know, they beat Texas. Mm -hmm. Texas is a decent win in my opinion, but I, Oklahoma, honestly, I think what's going to have to come down to, Oklahoma's kind of gotten their shot twice in the playoff and they didn't win. So I pretty much think that Oklahoma is going to have to they're, they're well, they've really, gotten you know, lucky two times, or they've gotten yeah, lucky two times in a row to get in. Oh, for sure. I think if there's five, if there's five undefeated teams, Oklahoma will be the undefeated team to get left out. Fortunately, two of the or yeah, two of the undefeated teams that are left are SEC teams, and two of them are Big Ten teams who play each other. So if Oklahoma Dude. wins out, they're in. I think a one-loss Oklahoma team though would get left out over some of these other teams. If the Big Ten gets left out for another year. That entire conference is going to riot. They might try to dismember or disband from the entire NCAA. Well, I think what it'll do is lead to the playoff getting expanded. The, yeah, expanded playoff. That's yeah, I hope. God, God yeah. willing. Yeah, that's it. That's another argument, though, for another day. I know we said we were going to try to keep it short and sweet. We get to that. We might be here for a while. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think you know, Oklahoma. They have the best defense they've had had yet. Alex Grinch has, you know, worked up a really good defense. I was expecting that Red River rivalry game to be. That's a mouthful to say, by the way, to be a track meet. Thinking you know, bring your track shoes, lace them up. But those defenses actually kind of dominated that game. Um, I think I, I think Oklahoma. You know, they're going to have to be. They're going to have to go undefeated to get in here. Number five, I got Penn State. I put Penn State in front of Oklahoma, not necessarily because I think they're better than them, but they no, they're interchangeable. Much yeah, well, Penn State, see, what I like to do with these teams right now, like I had Auburn at number two at one point in one of my polls because, you know, I like to go off of who actually has done something on the resume. I think that if you're going to rank teams, yes, the team might be better than the other team, but you got to go with who's actually done something. And 
I think that Penn State has actually done something. You know, they they uh, beat Michigan, even though it was at home. They still beat Michigan, which is a good win. And they went into Iowa with, in, a, in, a, uh, in a night game. Iowa in a night game is one of the hardest environments to play at in all of college football. I am really impressed by that. I th- I think that that's a very impressive win. Penn State, you know, they beat the shit out of Maryland in that in that supposed Maryland blackout night game. Everyone gets, oh my gosh, I don't even want to talk about that game. But Penn State, they have an impressive resume so far, and I think you got to reward them here with the five spot. They did not reward you with that nine point spread. Oh my. No, I ended up getting it at seven and a half, and I still didn't win it. How how awful is that? <laughs> Yeah, man, that's tough. I, I was thinking of you that I was thinking of it, or I was thinking of you while it happened, and I, I wanted to say I felt bad. But one more thing on the Oklahoma thing, I did have a dream. I've been known to have a little bit of a prophetical mind. I had a dream that Jalen Hurts got hurt. I really hope you're wrong on that one. I, I hope so Hurts too, but I just I had the dream wagon this year, so. I would not want to see that. No, hey, I don't doubt it. Brett has given me some absurd predictions before and been right. So, y'all go ahead and mark that one down. By the way, Lonzo Ball just hit his uh, first three-pointer in the mm, NBA season. Baby. Something to watch out Dude, for I, there. I picked so him as a DraftKings captain and the million dollar ma- or the millionaire maker. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, number number four team, I have Alabama. We still haven't gotten word on how long Tua Tagovailoa will be out with the ankle injury. But I think as long as he's out with the ankle injury, I mean, Alabama, I, there's no way Alabama beats LSU without Tua in there. That's going to be interesting to see if they can get him back in time. Mm-hmm. I assume they're going to try to do something or other to play him against LSU here. So, Speaking I mean, of I think injuries, it comes down to Tua, but this Alabama- That Tua injury was so casual. It was so casual. They were like, oh, Tua's just going to leave the game, walked off casually, didn't return casually then they casually announced that it was like two is out for three weeks i don't know why dude why has that not been a bigger story talked about this week i feel like we actually haven't talked about it that much yeah like when i saw it i was like holy shit that completely changes everything it's like it's just whatever which makes literally no sense i mean Tua, two is a beast i mean he's probably he's could be the number one pick in the nfl draft you know he's a top four heisman contender i mean the fact that he's out with this ankle injury is big time and it, i agree shout out alabama right? like, because now, they still covered not- for me they covered that 17 and a half points that i got him on a live bet shout out them they wow. covered but they did not look good like they looked good because they were playing tennessee but they did not look good like they didn't look like alabama be honest with you, I was so disgusted with uh, with Penn State not uh, not covering that game after being up twenty one zero that I went to bed and didn't even watch the end of that end of that uh, baseball game. I was kind of pissed when I woke up and saw how it ended with the two walk off. But yeah, me and uh, me and Connor Shaw watched that game and uh, casually we were just sitting there looking at our phones. We we're like, "Damn, this game is going to extra innings," and I was like, "Pop, see you later." Yeah. Yeah, and the crazy thing about that is Tuve literally had to like beg to be on the team. They signed him originally for fifteen thousand yeah, dollars. So I know. Yeah, that's that's a great story. Thirty for thirty. Anyway, we got to stay in the on making. topic. Oh yeah, we got to stay on topic. Better though, we're doing a horrible job of it right now. Number three here, I got Clemson. Clemson, to be honest with you, I don't I don't think it matters how bad they look in these ACC games. I think they're uninterested in playing these games. They know how much better Agreed. they are than everybody. Uh, 
Um, I will say this, though. Trevor Lawrence, people are upset because he's throwing so many interceptions and everything. I think it's, one, a sophomore slump, and two, the point was made when I was watching the Louisville game. Trevor Lawrence never wants to take, you know, like his his checkdowns or his easy throws. It's like he tries to make the spectacular play, and I feel like it's gotten – I don't want to say it's gotten to his head a little bit, but, you know, he wants to make that spectacular play that – you see on sports and like, oh my God, Trevor Lawrence. I just think he needs to play a little smarter, you know, play a little bit more conservative. And also, I don't think Clemson needs to run him as much. And I think that that's, you know, I would save him for the bigger games. But ultimately, mm. I think Clemson's still a big time Final Four contender, and I think they can still easily win this national championship. I will say about Trevor Lawrence, I feel like the lack of having the national spotlight on him at all times because he plays in the ACC hurts him. And the Heisman watch just because not not only does it hurt him in ex- terms of exposure, which he's going to get regardless because he plays for Clemson and he's Trevor Lawrence. It hurts him because I feel like he's a big time spotlight player. Like when that spotlight is on him, he plays better. So I do think that Clemson is completely uninterested in this ACC cakewalk and they're just going to continue to win at will and not even give a shit about the games that they're playing really i mean seriously yeah. why would you yeah that's what i'm saying it kind of reminds me of florida state that year we lost to oregon in the bc in the uh final four you know it's like clemson did the exact same thing florida state did to the acc they were beating everybody's ass although they didn't have that close call against syracuse florida state didn't have any of those but i'm sure that feels like that, an eternity you know, ago <laughs> it does feel like an eternity though <laughs> that we were good but it wasn't so it still feels nice to know that we had a had a win in this decade. And so many things have happened once it's twenty. Yeah, unfortunately, if we're not good again by twenty twenty four, I really can't make the excuse of what has your team done in the last ten years to Georgia fans. So that I've still got a few more years I can pull that one out of my ass. Yeah, but well, anyway, number t- number two, I slid Ohio State all the way up here. I've thorough, I've watched the no, I'm impressed. Play every single game. I'm thoroughly impressed not only with how good the defense is. But how good Justin Fields looks. He made some throws in that game where he was getting under pressure, you know, off his back foot. And he was just throwing dimes in the back of the end zone. I was so impressed, honestly, with how good Justin Fields looked in that game. I loved every single thing that I saw out of this Ohio State team. Um, I I think Ohio State's legit. I almost, if LSU's offense wasn't so damn potent, I would honestly be considering putting them up at number one. That's how strong I feel about Ohio State. I really think this team's special, and I think Georgia made a huge mistake letting Justin Fields go. I mean, as tough as it is, hindsight's 50-50, you know, letting letting um, Jake Fromm stay as the starting quarterback. I mean, it's pretty hard to bench a guy who's done for your team what Jake Fromm's done. I think it should have been the move, though. I mean, Justin Fields looks unbelievable. He looks unbelievable. Man, it's no, it's it sucks. I watch – I don't even like watching Ohio State. And I've always kind of been like, I've always been okay with Ohio State. Like, I'm always like, you know, like, I'm not going to ever hate on them. But, like, that's, Michigan is my hate on the Big Ten team. But I've always been okay with Ohio State, and it sucks having to watch them knowing that we could have had this man, especially because all the way through his career, we've always been thinking like, oh, what if we went with the other guy? It's been a constant, like, what if? situation for Georgia you know what I'm saying it's a tough one it sucks yeah no no I agree and Georgia finally got the quarterback I think they had been looking for and unfortunately they had to let him go 
which really sucks for Georgia. But anyway, at number one here, I got LSU. And look, my main reasoning for having LSU at number one is because of Joe Brady, the passing coordinator for this team. Look, LSU, when you go look at all the players they have in the NFL and how good these guys are in the NFL, they pretty much have an NFL all-pro team every single season. And they are never able to do anything besides like nine and three with them, you know, and you just wondered like when you watch these guys like Odell and Jarvis Landry, Jeremy Hill, when you watch all those guys ball out in the NFL, you're like, wait a minute, LSU had all three of these guys at the same time and they could do nothing on the offensive end with them. I really feel like that this LSU team that they finally have, I don't know what Joe Brady did with them, what facing, whether I don't know what he did. But whatever he did, it seems to have worked correctly, and I really, really like what I'm seeing out of LSU, and I think that they have finally figured out how to take all this talent. I mean, shout-out to Coach O for turning the offense over and doing everything. Coach O is the right fit here. I mean, USC really screwed up letting him go. Joe Burrow is the Heisman. That's all I have to say about that. I agree with that completely. Tua, Tua's um, out for three weeks. I don't even think it's in question that Joe Burrow is going to win the Heisman because – Yes, Jalen Hurts is having an incredible season, but they've given it to Oklahoma players two years in a row. That's That alone hurts mm-hmm. his chances. His schedule hurts his chances. LSU has not had an easy schedule by any means. And they have, he is just has not given a damn. I mean, seriously. Shout out Joe Burrows. Animal. I agree with you completely. I think Joe Burrow deserves it over. Like you said, I mean, it, it's clearly a. I mean, I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts is untalented or anything, because I think Jalen Hurts will still be damn good NFL player, and I still think he'll be a good college player for the rest of his career in college. But I just think, I mean, I agree with you. I just think that that system, you know, they quarterbacks and make them ten times and make them at their best. So I agree with you on that. Let's move here now to some NFL and. You know, I know you're gonna love to talk about this one. I have I have typed out. I won't say the full word because I try to refrain from using this word on my podcast. But WTF is wrong with the Eagles, man. And for those of y'all that don't know, that's what the frick is wrong with the Eagles. And I think that Lane Johnson said it quite frankly. You know, this Eagles team, all they wanted to do after winning the Super Bowl was run their mouths because they were the underdogs. They were the slept-on ones. They did it with Nick Foles they've let their egos get the best of them and Lane Johnson even said in his interview this week that guys aren't even showing up for meetings that guys they're coming late for meetings guys you know they've the team's basically been lazy and fat and happy and they have not been playing the way that they need to and I think they need to get over those egos and get over themselves and come together as a team here and step up and play because I mean that was quite frankly the most embarrassing loss I have seen in Dallas I mean Carson Wentz was a I, I, I want to say something hold on I want to say something first of all a couple years ago, the Dallas Cowboys got routed by the Philadelphia Eagles at home, 37-8. to They did not have Zeke. They did not have Tyron Smith. They didn't have... They had a washed-up Des Bryant, actually. And everybody blamed Dak Prescott. Everybody said, oh, Dak Prescott is not the type of quarterback that Carson Wentz is. He's not even close. This year, the Cowboys absolutely beat the hell out of the Eagles. Everybody blames every other piece minus Carson Wentz. And I understand that Carson Wentz was getting, like, I guess, hurried. But at the same time, I want fans to hold the same level of accountability for Carson Wentz. When they're talking about... Because this has been like this big debate. Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott. 
I'm I'm so tired of hearing people being like, oh, Carson Wentz is 100% better. He has not won a damn thing. So I, I just need to break, I need to take Carson Wentz down from his high, high horse and just knock him down a level. Because I that was a weak that was a completely pathetic performance by him, the entire offense, their defense, it was sad. Carson Wentz is more talented than Dak Prescott is, but Dak Prescott plays a lot Winner. smarter than Carson Wentz does. It seems like Carson Wentz, since he won the MVP that year, has let all his success get to his head, and it's like he wants to make the big play every single time. Like it's like he won't take the check down. Kind of like the Trevor Lawrence thing, you know, he won't take the check down, he won't take, he won't audible the run play, he'll take the easy way out, which he needs to. Instead, it's like he tries to make it as hard as possible. He was holding on to the ball too long, and Tank Lawrence and the D line were going off on him for that. And I just think that, you, I mean, that's the thing. Dak only as good as what weapons he has in there. But the thing about Dak is he's going to take care of the ball. He can run for those first downs, you know. If if you drop everyone back into coverage on a third, you know, like Dak can keep you honest with his legs. He can. He's not going to make like a huge play, but he can definitely, you know, he definitely make plays he needs to. And quite frankly, you know, I just feel like that Carson Wentz, he's he's got to be more like, you know, like Philadelphia was at their best with Nick Foles because Nick Foles is willing to take the check down. You know, Nick Foles was willing to take the, you know, not necessarily ha- Nick Foles didn't have to make the spectacular play. You know, he made the play that was best for the team and best for the game. I just think that Dak Prescott gets a bad rep when the Cowboys lose. So I think that Carson Wentz should take the same exact amount of heat because I think it's completely bogus that he's not because he is the quarterback. Hey, I and nobody seems to everybody seems to point towards every other direction. Why is that a thing for Carson Wentz and no no other quarterback? Why is that a thing? No, I agree with you. It's a hundred percent Carson Wentz. I think. I mean, Carson Wentz was pathetic in that game. That was the worst game I've ever seen him play. I stopped watching the game after the first quarter. I was like, Carson Wentz sucks. He doesn't have anything tonight. I mean, I had it on in the background, but I was doing some other stuff. But I mean, Carson Wentz played absolutely awful, and that's. I think Carson Wentz ultimately, you know, I think he is one of the main problems here in Philadelphia. I mean, obviously that secondary sucks. They have no stars. They have no corner they can put on someone just absolutely shut them down. That pass rush they paid all their money to can't do anything. The offensive line hasn't been as well, but I really think if Carson Wentz would play more like Nick Foles and take the easy throws, make the easy plays rather than, you know, throw the ball away rather than trying to extend the play with his legs, I think the Eagles would play better, and that's their problem. I'm taking Dak over Carson. I'm going to say it. Come at me, man. I don't even care. I don't, I don't know about that one. I don't even care. I, I, I would have to put... I would have to take wins in that one, but he has anyway. Let's move down. He has eleven more wins, and they've been in the league in the same amount of period. And he also doesn't cost as much money. I mean, he will, but not right now. I'm taking. I'm taking Dak Prescott. I'm saying it. Carson Wentz has not won anything. Period. He what? He had about. What a good best season is actually he had an MVP type season. I mean, obviously he hasn't returned to that MVP form yet, but I'm gonna have to take Carson Wentz based off of the potential that he still has. I still think there's some good football left in Carson Wentz, and I think he's gonna tap into it. He's still young, he's only gonna get better. But for the sake of time, let's keep things moving here and let's move now to the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. I'm gonna be honest with you, I watched this entire game. Lamar Jackson absolutely outplayed Russell Wilson. And not only did he outplay Russell Wilson, but I am so impressed with what I've seen out of Lamar Jackson. Um, 
Lamar, just the way he's been able to move the ball up and down the field, look, it doesn't exactly look pretty when the ball leaves his hands. Like, there are some throws he had that just looked like he was throwing, like, a, like a changeup. You know, it was not a pretty ball at all sometimes he threw. <laughs> but he tore them up with his legs. There was third and 15s that he was running for. He had 14 attempts for 116 yards and a touchdown. It felt like the whole game, Lamar was going to do whatever it took to win this game. And he didn't want to lose. They, the coach asked him, Harbaugh asked him if they wanted to go for it. He looked at him and he was like, shit, say less, we going for this. Kept the offense out there and he went and got the first down. I mean, he even said it best in his uh, post-game interview. You know, I think, I think Lamar Jackson – he has just like that it factor. This guy hates losing. There's nothing he hates more than losing. All he wants to do is win. And it is so hard to go in Seattle and win. Let me tell you that. It is so hard to go in there and do what he did. He outdueled Russell Wilson at his house. And, I mean, Lamar Jackson's an amazing competitor. I don't think his throwing will always be great. But I honestly – I thought this offense was smoke and mirrors. But I really think Lamar Jackson can get it done for you season in and season out with how competitive he is and how you know smart he is and how he can just make a play. I mean – it was like you you would keep a you pressure him and you'd have a spy there. The spy couldn't tackle him. There was nobody you could bring him to the ground. I agree with you, dude. I, I think that it's not even in a in question if Lamar Jackson is legit. I mean, he's been playing at an MVP level. I mean, he's really just been playing incredible considering that we were really talking people seriously, like there were some high paid pundits out here talking about drafting him as a wide receiver, running back type player. The disrespect coming out of the draft was ridiculous, and he's proven all of them wrong. And for that, he's a... Dude, I mean, I think he's an MVP candidate. 100%. I absolutely agree with you that he's an MVP He's in the top five I mean, in rushing yards. He's way ahead of schedule, way ahead of the curve in terms of his passing game. And I mean, I think that... Puts him right there. No, I agree with you completely. I mean, he's winning games and he's doing it with his legs and his arm. You know, he's affecting the games and being a and being a playmaker and a game changer as many ways as he possibly can. If it comes to his legs, he'll do it. If it comes to passing the ball, he'll do it that way too. You know, I th- I really love what I've seen out of Lamar so far, and I think he's going to keep growing in this system and only keep getting better. Yeah, there's not many. There's not many. Um... There's not many quarterbacks that are at this age that can go in Seattle and beat Russell Wilson like he did. I mean, he really he really owned the game. And honestly, like for me, when I realized Russell Wilson was special, I don't know if you remember this game or not. I think it was either his rookie year or his second year. He went into New England and beat Tom Brady, and that was when I was like, wow, Russell Wilson is special. And I feel the same way after watching that game with Lamar Jackson. It felt like... Every single time you're like, all right, it's third and 16 here. Seattle's going to get off the field. They're going to get the ball back. Like you're like, all right, Seattle, they, they got it right here. Nope. Lamar Jackson does something to change that make a play, whether it was him running for like, I remember like, on the third and 16 play I'm talking about specifically, he took off for like 30 yards on him on that play. I mean, there's, it's, it's unbelievable the plays he's been making. I mean, I'm so impressed with what I've seen on the field. I agree with you. Um, on my next take here here brad i want you to tell me if i'm right or wrong i'm gonna give you my whole spiel and i want you to tell me if i'm right or wrong tell me why you agree or disagree so i really think this is the best team i've seen green bay have yet look for all these teams it's kind of like i feel like aaron Rodgers really felt like you know it's either i go out there and i throw for 
you know, 400 yards and five touchdowns or we lose this game. I can't screw up. I have to extend the play. I have to make big plays. And that's what leads to him getting hurt. That's what leads to the Packers having these demoralizing victories, you know, and these rough starts as PSP as Rodgers feels like he's got to do everything and he has no one else with him. But I really feel like this is the best team they've had yet. You know, they have a defense, so Rodgers doesn't have to go out there and score every time. They can actually, you know, turn the ball over to this side. If anything, defense is their strength, and they gave Aaron Rodgers a run game. You know, Aaron Jones, we saw what he did. I'm sorry for bringing it back up, Brad, but we saw what he, they, he did against your Cowboys two weeks ago. We've seen what he's been doing. I really love this run game here that they have, and I think it's made him even more dangerous in the – in the past game, and Aaron Rodgers looks like he's smiling and having fun. You know, him and Matt Lafleur, they may not always be getting along on the sidelines, but at the end of the day, they're working everything out and they're getting everything down right. And I really think, you know, like we saw Aaron Rodgers here in, what was it, weeks? Yeah, week seven plays, best game he's played yet all season. I think that just goes to show you how great this system is, how great this team is. And I think this is the most dangerous team he's had since he won that Super Bowl. I agree with you for this reason. The defense has never been there for Aaron Rodgers. The defense is finally there for him. And it's never been a question about whether Aaron Rodgers is talented enough to will his team to a victory. That has never, ever once been questioned. But the fact that his defense is now helping him, even if it's slightly helping him, that is more than he's ever received in his career, for the most part. And they're not just a playmaking defense like they have been in the past with Clay Matthews. They're like a valuable defense. They will make stops and they will do their job. And I think that that is the main reason that they are able to... That's why the Cowboys started so slow. It took us a long time to adjust to their defensive scheme. And by that time that we have finally adjusted, the Cowboys were out of it because they have Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the field. I mean, that's... That's how this team operates. I think this team has a probably the best opportunity to win a Super Bowl since they last won one. So that's my take on that. Yeah, I agree see, with you. I, yeah, yeah, I'm glad we're on the same page there. You know, I really, I really think the Green Bay seems special. And honestly, like everyone was saying, that was gonna be a flat spot against the Raiders, and they came out there and they whooped their ass. They turned the ball over three times the week before against Detroit and won an ugly game. I mean, you win a game turning the ball over three times, and the way they did with like that pick in the red zone, you still hang on and win that game. That says a lot about your team. I don't care if the refs helped them win, if y'all could see my air quotes or not. But anyway, there's a lot of tra- there's a lot of um, hey before you go into the trades in the NFL. Before you go into mm-hmm. the trades. I just want to read. Yeah. I want to read you a fun fact for the day. All okay. Right. All right. Let's hear it. See if you can see if you can guess it. Quarterback A. One hundred career touchdowns. Twenty six fumbles, and I'm not sure how many of them were recovered and how many of them were not recovered, but just twenty six fumbles. Thirty two interceptions. Quarterback B, 86 career touchdowns, 34 fumbles, 32 interceptions. So both quarterback A and 1, or A and B, had 32 interceptions. B had 34 versus 86 touchdowns. And A had 26 versus 100 touchdowns. Which is which? Who are the players? Who are the quarterbacks? Quarterback A, 100 touchdowns. 
26 fumbles, 32 interceptions, 55 games. Quarterback B, 86 touchdowns, 32 interceptions, and 34 fumbles through 48 games. 48 games. Hmm. To just, you, want to, you want me to answer it for you? Here, I'm going to give you two educated guesses here. For quarterback one, I'm going to go with – shoot. Let's go with um, – um, this is tough. I'll put on the spot. I'll, I'm going to guess – I'm going to guess quarterback two is Dak Prescott. Quarterback – wrong. Quarterback A is Dak Prescott. Quarterback B – who has 86 touchdowns to 34 career fumbles and 32 interceptions, is Carson Wentz. I figured you were going to do something or other like that. That's why I, I didn't know if Wentz had played enough games. That's why I didn't guess him, but I knew one of them had to be Dak. Dude, he has more fumbles than Dak Prescott has, and he has played almost eight games fewer. Because I'm assuming one of those games is one of the games in which he left. With a knee injury. Or maybe two of them. So probably eight games more. Mm. I mean, dude. I don't even think it's in. You got to put them in the same tier. That's all I'm saying. So let's move on to the trades. We got a lot to talk about. There was three major ones that we're going to hit on. Um, do you want to get into the defensive trade first, I guess? Um, yeah, let's start out the defensive trade here, which was Quandry Diggs going to the Seahawks. It was Quandry Diggs in a, in a seventh round pick to the Seahawks for a fifth round pick. And I actually did a little digging on this, Brett, because I know me and you were talking on the phone earlier and we were like, what is up with this trade? So actually pro football focus is Quandry Diggs rated as the 61st best safety in the league. And he has been absolutely getting burned and playing awful this season. And that is why they got him out of there. Apparently, he has looked awful this season. I think it's a good trade, though, for the Seahawks. Um, you got a defensive back guru here with Pete Carroll. It seems, I mean, he had the Legion of Boom. You saw the guys out there go get contracts. Brandon Browner in. Who was the other one, the guy who signed with the Eagles? Um, I can't think of his name right now. But, I mean, we saw two corners get big contracts out of there, and they didn't do anything. Yeah. I mean – it makes sense. I guess a change of scenery is good, but I was kind of shocked by this one, just as shocked as all of you. It seemed like every single Lions player. Um, it seemed like a lot of them were pretty um, upset with his departure. He seemed to be a crowd favorite there. Uh, even Carryon Johnson was a little upset, and he was getting hit by him in practice, I'm sure. So a little bit shocking. They dumped, I think they saved $3.5 million. Uh, on cap next mm-hmm. year, so I think that helps him a little bit. But I'm a little bit shocked by it. Uh, I don't know. Now that you've read those stats out to me, I'm a little bit shocked at that. Um, so I don't know how exactly it might help the Seahawks, but a change of scenery is always nice. So yeah. Plus, you know, um, by the way, the the um, cornerback that I could not think of was uh, Byron Maxwell, but. Um, mm. Back to what we were saying, though, um, 
I just I feel like you know Pete Carroll with what he does with his secondary guys and how great their defense always is. Plus they have a lot of injuries at that back end right now for Seattle. That's what they've been saying their problem is they got so many injuries on the back end. So that's another reason why they made the trade. But yeah, Diggs just hasn't been playing great. Obviously the guys still like him along the locker room and they're shocked to see it. But I guess Detroit wanted some immediate changes and you know he was a fifth round pick so pretty much get, get back exactly what you used on him and don't have to pay him that $5 million the next two years. So I think that's the way Detroit was looking at it. I personally am not a fan of the trade from Detroit, regardless of how he's playing, but is that's just the way things are. Um, yeah, I, I do think it, they could have, the value was odd for them to dump a pick and a player for a six round pick is odd. Oh yeah. Very odd. Um, next trade on the board here is Mohamed Sanu. So yeah, to the New England Patriots um, for a second round. Falcons get a second round pick in, in return. First thing I want to say is, Sanu, thank you for everything you did for us in Atlanta. Um, you were a fan favorite. Um, I met Sanu two times, and he's a great guy as well. Honest, Agent 12, you'll always be remembered here. Just they got a great player for the Patriots. You know for a fact that he's going to th- throw some passes. They're going to use him in so many crazy ways. He's got great hands. He's a big body. This is an excellent pickup for New England, who kind of had all small receivers, so they definitely got what they needed here with adding Sanu to this team. Um, I, I think the Falcons got great return, though, for Sanu. The fact we can get a second-round pick, get that. I mean, I don't think the Falcons were going to be able to pay him when his contract was going to come up here soon. So I think getting a second-round pick for him, you know, I think that's a really, really, really good return for the Falcons, and we're clearly going to need it with the direction this team's going in. I agree with you. Um, I think that... It was a great, I guess, way to depart. Uh, I think it sucks. It really does. I can't imagine how Falcons fans feel to trade the guy to the team that gave you the biggest collapse in the history of sports. And that Super Bowl is tough, I'm sure. But at, if you look at the bright side, if you are truly a Mohamed Sanu fan, which I think most Atlanta Falcons fans are, He'll probably get a ring, so you gotta be happy about that for him. Um, good for Mohamed Sanu; he definitely wasn't getting it in Atlanta, so I'm glad he found an awesome home because this kind of this year is a wash for the Falcons. So I, I they also got a second round pick in return, so it, it, it worked out for all parties involved. Sucks to see him go, but hey, it is what it is. Being talked. What was ever What was everyone saying about it today at at the office? Um. Pretty much the same thing we're saying. Like, damn. Sucks to see Sanu go. But at least he's going to the Patriots. And also, at least we got a second round pick. I have not talked to anybody in the retail department. I cannot imagine they are happy. They are never happy when a player leaves. But, yeah. It's good value, dude. I mean, you can't really... Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. I love seeing all the Atlanta support for him across Twitter, thanking him for everything he's done. I mean, great guy. Um, anyway, last trade that happened today, last thing we'll talk about before we get out of here, is Emmanuel Sanders getting traded to the 49ers. What was the – what was it? What they get, like a fourth and fifth round pick for him? And they traded a fifth as well, I think, with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay, – Something that like is that. the correct. Um, I thought – yeah, I thought it was a great trade. It's kind of funny. I was listening to something earlier in the day, and they were like, yeah, the 49ers, they were like, the Patriots just made the trade for the wide receiver. Like, the 49ers really need to make one, too. A couple hours later, they said, I actually think it was Nick Wright saying it, but a couple hours later, it went through, and I thought it was a great move. I really think that 
Emmanuel Sanders will be a, a game changer here. You know, he has experience of playing at that next level. He's played in some big games in his career with the Broncos. I believe he's a Super Bowl winner with them. And I think Emmanuel Sanders will bring that aspect to the locker room, but I also think he gives Jimmy G another great target, and I think he's going to do a good job in this offense. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, we've seen what he can do. I mean, remember in Atlanta when Sanu and Julio were both out a couple times? This man got Aldrick Robinson, like three, two two-plus receiving game touchdown games and touchdowns, and same thing mm-hmm. with Taylor Gabriel. So, I mean, really doesn't matter what receivers are in there. Now he's actually got a good one here with Sanders. I think it makes the 49ers offense better, and a team that's already 7-0 and getting better just like the Patriots. That's a crazy thing to think about. Well, it definitely makes them better. I mean, you add a receiver that's a pro bowler for one thing, and two, you have receivers that are already good. They're just a little bit young. Uh, Pettis is dealing with an injury that he's slowly getting back from, and he's getting better and better as each week passes. But I think that this just opens up the field a little bit more for them. So I think the 49ers, just like the Patriots, who seem to be following the same exact blueprint as the Patriots, just got that much better, man. You're, you're already starting to see people talking about Jimmy Garoppolo like he's a system quarterback. And they're the modern-day modern Patriots, I guess. They're the NFC yeah. Patriots this year. Honestly, they, yeah, they could be the NFC Patriots. I mean, Jimmy G could. Also, I would make this argument, though. When has Jimmy G really needed to make these throws? You know, every single game they've been in, they've been so effective running the ball. You know, I feel feel like it you know as much as people don't want to admit it throwing the ball is risky you know every these teams that throw the ball a lot that's why they don't win because they're throwing the ball so much the defense is sitting back there it gives them so many opportunities you know and it, to uh, get in, get turnovers but also not even that it makes your defense get tired because they're on the field all the time you know so their defense stays fresh and it takes these risks away for them in the past game so i think it's the smartest way to play at the end of the day and i i like what the 49ers do with it i don't think it's jimmy g being a system player they have just haven't had anybody force them to throw the ball yet this is what i've been saying to any patriots haters um when you do not have to take risk why take them the patriots have mm-hmm. lived by this rule and it's so smart i mean it just seems obvious to me but i mean this is what they've lived by. They have six Super Bowl rings, and nothing is ever going to change for them because they don't take unnecessary risk. They play the game smart, and people always hate on Tom Brady for throwing the ball, you know, eight yards to an open running back in the flat. But that eight yards turns into ten yards, and you know that they pick up the first down. So I think that the hatred towards you know, conservative play style is just ridiculous because it has been known to win games. Look, for the biggest example that I can give on the conservative play calls, winning games will actually come in the form of the Cowboys. We were getting shit on for the last three weeks. And we came out, and I swear to God, the first two drives were just passes to Ezekiel Elliott from Dak Prescott and that's how we opened up our offense after that it was game over I mean yeah no I agree, I agree. the conservative no, I, play I'm calls is just how, how to do it I got, no I'm definitely a fan too if y'all throwing to Zeke I got Zeke in both my fantasy leagues so I'm <laughs> definitely a fan of all that just gotta let but, the man uh, eat anyway, dude. that's yeah just let the man eat I'm perfectly fine with that but that's all I got for you guys Brett you got anything else before we get out of here 
No, uh, aside from the fact that I will, at one point, eventually release another episode of The Role Player. Uh, some people have been reaching out to me about it. Uh, well, I've just been kind of grinding away at life and work, and uh, I'm getting there. So, we're, You didn't put out either of those episodes we recorded the last two times? Dude, I just got so busy that I never was able to record an intro, and by the time I was able to sit down and record... Uh... I was just like, mm-hmm. this is going to be fucking three days late. You're going to hear me talking about the Astros and the Yankees after Altuve just hit a walk-off home run. Like, you're not going to care what I have to say. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that. Crazy thing is, though, when I check our anchor, actually, usually it's the older episodes that are getting the listen. So it is odd. That is sense, weird. But... I, I will... Yeah. I have, like, for some reason, the third episode that is on the TRP account. I don't even know which one it is. Mm-hmm. Has just gotten like an influx of plays recently. And like, it's just weird to me. Got like seven plays last week. Damn. Yeah, that is weird. The one that always gets the That's like one two is, months uh, ago. Is, gets a lot of plays. Yeah. The one that gets a lot of plays for us all the time still is, is Duke, the top dog. And that one's from literally like February. <laughs> As we're talking about Zion. <laughs> Wait, was that before Zion blew up a shoe? No, it was when he blew out the shoe. So that's that how was right out. Yeah, okay, so okay, 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 okay. Yeah, well, yeah, that's about that's like eight months old. So it's pretty damn uh, old. Man. But once, yeah. But once again, guys, I appreciate all y'all tuning in. Listen to me and Brett break it down. Me and Brett are going to get on top of this. We're going to keep on putting tons of content out for y'all every every week. Going to be trying um, to. But appreciate y'all tuning in. Catch, catch us on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. But till then, we'll talk to y'all later. Peace. Damn, good shit.